In just a moment, we begin our program, Truth to Ponder. And for this 4th of July, it's a special edition I entitle, A Nation in Peril and at the Crossroad. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. While the storm clouds gather Far across the sea Let us pledge allegiance to a land that's free. Let us all be grateful for a land so fair as we special 4th of July edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, I call this program today, A Nation in Peril and at the Crossroads. And I thank all of you that listen here in the United States, whether it be as a podcast or, or on shortwave radio, would have to agree we are in a time that is so unlike any other time that I can think of 
in my life. Now, I'll be 68 years old this year. And so I've lived a pretty long time and I've seen a lot of things. I'm thinking back over the past 50 years in particular. It was 50 years ago today, July 4th of 1972. I just graduated high school the month before. I was working a full-time job at a radio station in my little hometown of Newark, New York, which is up near Lake Ontario. And I had started out as a weekend announcer, and then as I got toward the end of my, my senior year of high school, the person that had done afternoons left, and I took over that slot as well. So I was working at that time, five, six, and even seven days a week. I remember the 4th of July in particular. I'd come in at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon to work all the way till about almost 9 o'clock that night. 4th of July. And a lot of people celebrating in, in small town, upstate New York. And I'm thinking, looking down the road, where is my life heading? I mean, I'm just out of high school. I love my job, but I know that I need to do more than just this. I'd already signed up for a technical school in Ohio, and I was planning to head there, and I did, in the fall of that year. I was at a crossroad in my life. Time to make some decisions, and over the next couple of years, I I did make those decisions and started on a pathway. And back then, when you think about it now, the economy was not that great in 1972. we just come off the gold standard, I believe, the year before. There have been a lot of inflationary problems and recession problems in the 1970s. But, you know, I didn't really pay attention to it. I just lived my life day by day, went on to school, worked jobs, got married, And I never thought too much about the so-called bad economy of the time because there was still something in America back then that we have lost today. That's called opportunity. We don't have the opportunity today, I believe, that we once had before. I've come to the point that I realized that the government that I respected, the government that I thought was looking out for my best interest, the government that I thought would protect my liberty, it's a lie. At least today it is. Our government no longer protects your personal liberties. Your government today doesn't protect you in any shape, manner, or form. They want you to to conform to what they want out of you. We are at a crossroad, the land of the free, the home of the brave. We're at a crossroad. I can remember... 2002. I'm 30 years out of high school at that point in 2002. It's the year after 9-11. And for one brief moment in time, I saw unity between all the political parties, and that lasted a matter of days before the derelict, the anti-American, the evil at heart, began to tear apart the fabric of this nation. In the, in the past 20 years, the, what, what I've seen, it's been bad before, but somehow we got through. But I believe we've come to something now that 
my hope for us getting through is getting diminished each and every day. My hope that America can still be that shining city on a hill, as Ronald Reagan once described it. The lights are going out, and they're going out quickly. And they're going out quickly by design. This is what's so scary. I can remember, I can remember, I guess it was maybe April, maybe May of 1972. I'm still a high school student. And I wish I could remember my English teacher's name at the time. He he made a, he was a young guy. He'd only been teaching for maybe two or three years. He was still in his, you know, late 20s. Only about 10 years older than than the, the class he was teaching. But he made some very profound statements. He said, the America that he grew up in, that we are growing up in, he said, in time, in time is going to disintegrate. It's going to fall apart. And it's going to fall apart because he believed then, as an educator, that the education system would be co-opted by those that would seek to subvert this country. He was predicting in 1972 to a class of, you know, high school students, and I just didn't really accept this idea that in 10 or 15 years the standards of education would be diminishing social promotion that started becoming the norm in some places by the 1980s and 90s the dumbing down of america making america dependent people pointed out so well how many of the young people today know how to do much of anything in terms of taking care of a home. And I'm not saying this to be mean-spirited. I'm just saying that there's nobody to teach anybody these skills any longer. We used to have shop class when I was in high school. It didn't mean you were stupid or something. You took it even if you're going on to college to learn some practical things about how to use stuff like power tools. A lot of kids today don't don't care about things like that. I can remember my goal in life when I was younger. I, I, I thought I would rise up in my career, own a home, two cars, the whole nine yards, you know, the, the typical American dream. I didn't want to be filthy rich. I just wanted to be able to be comfortable. I think that was the goal of most of us in my generation. And to feel secure in our home. And, and know that our government was not out to spy on us or, or call us evil names because we disagree with a leftist agenda. That's what's happening today. America the beautiful. God bless America. I remember that song over the years. I can remember the movie where Kate Smith sang it. God bless America. We've known it for years, and I can remember many a patriotic-type concert in my life. And you heard all these wonderful songs about the United States. And I truly believed, I truly believed that America was an exceptional country. And what really hurts me, what really angers me, what disturbs me and deeply saddens me, is how literally 
half the country hates America. And they prove it by those that they vote for that hate America, that want to kill our exceptionalism. Bring us down a notch or two. Some of the claims that are made are just ludicrous that I hear about this country. And my attitude is, you know, those that are condemning this country, and I was looking for some material the other day, and I'm running across these, you know, America haters. I wonder how they would fare in North Korea or China or Cuba. They wouldn't. But they think those governments are better than us. They're deceived. They've been, they've been educated to be illiterate when it comes to world events. For the past two years in particular, we have seen one of the greatest propaganda apparatus at work in this country. I've never seen so many people living in abject fear. And I've never seen governments worldwide make use of this fear in such ways as to decimate our populations. And, and it shows me how many people can never recover mentally, physically, and spiritually. If, they're not, if they can't find the Lord Jesus Christ, they're, they're going to be basically doomed. We are at a crossroad. Back in 2002, I'm going to go back, going to go back 20 years ago. My father, who had served in the United States Marines during the Second World War, he and I had really rekindled the, our relationship. It's funny as you get older, and now you're in your 40s, and your dad is, you know, in his 70s, pushing 80. Actually, in is about 80 years old at the time, almost. He and I began to develop a, a, a wonderful relationship. And, and in fact, they were considering moving from upstate New York. He had stayed in that small town, but he was getting tired of the cold winters and the idea of living. At the time, I was living in Venice, Florida, near the Gulf of Mexico. And, and he was seriously considering moving south. We had had plenty of time to talk. And I I learned more about my father in probably between 2000 and 2002 than I'd ever known growing up. We would share a number of phone calls, a lot of lengthy emails, and talk about the world. Sadly, my father passed away suddenly and unexpectedly in about 80 years of age uh, in December of that year of 2002. When he was a child, he had had rheumatic fever. So did his younger brothers. And they all died in reverse order because of the damage it caused to the heart. And so I lost my father and he never did move down to, uh, down south with us in, in Florida. But there's one thing, he was proud to be a Marine. He was proud to of his country. I can remember as a child, you know, on days, Memorial Day or Veterans Day, any of those holidays when there was a parade, especially when we're talking in the early 1960s, my dad would put on his Marine uniform 
and march in those parades. You even had doughboys still alive, of course. <laughs> They'd only be in their 60s then, wearing their World War I uniforms. It was a time that even in states like New York and Long Island, New York City, you could be proud to be an American. Today, most people are not. They don't understand why they hate America or they think America is this, that, or the other, or, it's a, or, they, or it was founded on racism, another lie. It wasn't. I ran across a video the other day, and I think it tells the tale better than, than anything I've seen in a long time. And when I saw this video, I thought a little bit about my father and the fact that I'd lost him. He would be, had he lived, he would be getting very close to 100 years of age. And many that served in World War II, they're pretty much in their 90s, or and if they have lived this long, some have made it to 100. And, and this particular video, this particular video was of a 100-year-old Marine. He was wearing his dress blues that he had had and kept since World War II. And he was sharing from his heart at age 100 about how his heart is so broken where this nation is gone. As he said, this is not what we we fought and died for. I don't know. I've, I've lived a good life. I mean, I've had a, a lot, a lot of happiness, happiness, smiling, Telling everybody that everything was beautiful every day. If I went into my church and didn't say everything was beautiful, they'd think I was sick. And I, and I'm not that way. I mean, I'm a, uh, I, I sincerely believe in this old world that everything is beautiful. I mean, if I see, if I wake up in the morning and see these plants out here and they, and all those flowers that are in there. And the green grass on the on the ground, that's beautiful. And people don't realize what they have. And then nowadays, I am so upset that the things we did and the things we fought for and the boys that died for it, it's all gone down the drain. Our country's gone to hell in a handbasket. We haven't got the country we had when I was raised. Not at all. Nobody will have the fun I had. Nobody will have the opportunity I had. It's just not the same. And that's not what I was. That's not what they died for. <laughs> I just... This is just not it. I'm so sorry. I'll be all right. Just takes me time to get over it. I just, I, I, why, why me? She's sitting here like this. See, all this going on. It's just, Emily is just, just not. It's just not the same. That isn't what we fought for. Tree tears.
Lands of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside, let freedom My father lived another 20 years. That would have been him talking to to everybody about how this is not the nation. This is not the nation I remember signing up to to fight and possibly die for. My father talks about what it was like for him growing up in the depression, born in the 1920s. Turned 17 shortly after Pearl Harbor when he enlisted into the United States Marine Corps. Barely 17. On his way to Paris Island in South Carolina because he knew that at least he felt in his heart this was an important enough cause for him to risk everything even at that young point in his life. And he came back from that experience post-war, started a business, got married, and made a life for himself. And over the years did everything that he could to make life good for myself, my brother, and my sister. We had a decent home. We never lacked for anything. We weren't wealthy, we weren't poor. Our needs were met. My brother, my sister, and myself, because of my dad's sacrifice, we were able to go to a a Christian school. In my case, my brother made it all the way through the eighth grade, then he went on to a Lutheran high school, and I, I made it all the way to almost the end of the eighth grade. We moved to a small town in upstate New York, so I didn't quite finish the eighth grade there. I finished it elsewhere. We had that foundation of God and our country, family, and responsibility. This this is who we were coming through in my era. 
Many baby boomers like myself also had it really good compared to the parents. If I was to have any criticism of the greatest generation, it might be you gave your kids too much to make up for what you didn't have growing up. But at least, at least for me, there were responsibilities and expectations. I knew that I had to make good grades to finish school, to be able to go on and continue my education if I so desired. This was a time when you could probably have gotten a decent job if you applied yourself with just a tech school or even a high school education. Nobody was, you know, two or three years in debt on income coming out of college or a tech school. It's unheard of. Today, expectations are so different. Today, our being connected is both a good thing and a very negative thing. And our governments on a worldwide basis have been infiltrated with those that want to be globalists, that those that want don't want American exceptionalism. They don't want the city, the shining city on a hill anymore. They want that city destroyed. And they'll do it from inside. We have all these battles over all these weird things that are just not even natural. We have people, people that feel that abortion is the number one issue facing the world today. Really? Or using the correct pronouns. That's that's what we need to fight and die for, that we use the correct pronouns? And get God out of anything we can get him out of as fast as we can. We don't want any moral responsibility. We don't want a conscience. We want to be the top of the heap. And those in the elite part of our world, they understand that. And they'll promise you everything, all the stuff you need, make you happy and content, have no moral responsibility or authority over you. And in the process, they will ultimately enslave you. Our nation is at a crossroad like I've never seen it before. And honestly, and honestly, I'm not sure if we as a nation can survive this. Will we ever get through this? Now, today, as you can see, I'm taking a little bit of a different approach to the radio program. Tomorrow, I have another special edition of the program, and I'm going to take another liberty with you. Tomorrow marks a very important day in my life. And I don't talk too much about it on the radio, but I'm going to talk about it quite a bit tomorrow. July 5th, 1997, was when I was ordained into the ministry. And July the 5th that year was was a Saturday. And that happened at a church in Timonium, Maryland. My father was able to be there. My grandmother, who had prayed diligently that I would be in the ministry, was able to be there in her 90s. My family could be there for that special event. And I'll share my thoughts about it and where God is talking on my heart on tomorrow's edition of the program. Now, do you believe in our work 
and, and would you help us stay on shortwave radio? If you would, it means the world to me. There are two wonderful ways of supporting us. Number one, you can now use a a Christian crowdsource funding organization called Give, Send, Go. And if you go to our webpage, truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com, and go to the tab that says support, you will find a link there for Give, Send, Go. Now, for those that have been using PayPal, it is still there as long as PayPal, you know, is allowing me access to the funds. Yes, we're going to keep using it for a while longer. And as people can switch over to Give, Send, Go, that would be very appreciated. The other way to support us, you can simply write a check. Make it payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North. Number 3248, that is number 3248. That number 3248 is our special secure box in Crestview, Crestview, Florida, and the zip code in Crestview is 32536. That zip code again is 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The master of dreams coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, one of the deepest and most beautiful foreshadows of Messiah in the Hebrew Scriptures is the foreshadow of Joseph, the story of Joseph. In fact, even the rabbis saw that, and they spoke of Messiah as being Mashiach ben Yosef, or Messiah, the son of Joseph. They saw this parallel. Well, it's interesting, because in the Bible, Joseph is given a Hebrew title. He's called Baal Chalamot, Baal Chalamot, which means Baal, the master, and Chalamot of dreams. Joseph is a shadow of Messiah, and this tells us something wonderful about Messiah. Master of dreams. Messiah is the master of dreams. He's not only the Lord of the world, he's the master of dreams. You see, one of the things we don't often talk about is our dreams. Our lives are filled with dreams, longings, and desires, and hopes, imaginings, and most of them don't come true. Many of us live our lives in the shadow of broken dreams, and we mourn the loss of them throughout our lives. But he is the master of dreams. He knows your dreams. He knows your longings, not just what you dream at night, but what you dream in the day. He knows your hopes. He knows all the things that have broken your heart. He knows how to redeem them. Open your heart. You see, they would bring their dreams to Joseph, and we need to bring our broken dreams to him and our other dreams, your failed hopes, your unfulfilled plans. Bring them to him. Even what's on your heart now, your longings, pour out your heart before the Lord. You gave him your life, give him your dreams also, because he's not only the Lord of life, he's the master of dreams. Want more? Ask for a master of dreams. Now the free gift for you. The mystery hidden for 2,000 years in the sands of Israel. The awesome mystery, the temple doors. You'll love it. And sapphires, your daily spiritual vitamin supply for a victorious life in God. So how do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 to receive your free gifts. You will be blessed. But call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. 
And I invite you to minister with me and bring the good news back to the people who brought it to you, Israel, and to people all over the world. Imagine you could blanket the earth with salvation. Well, you can. Through shortwave radio, the farthest way you'll ever touch the world for the gospel. To be part, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Or you can write me direct. Love to hear from you. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish Boy Box 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey 07644 Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Alechem, peace be to you, my friend in Messiah Ba'al Chalamot, the master of your dreams This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman And welcome to part two of our very special 4th of July edition of Truth to Ponder. We have a lot more to share. My country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Psalm 33, verse 12, we find these words. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. You know, I've come to realize something, and I've seen it demonstrated in my life. There was a time in the United States, in America, that is not the same today. Was America always a perfect country? Never has been, never will be. But there was a time that, that, that America, this country, had a respect for God. That had a respect for the things of God, the people of God. They weren't mocked. They weren't made fun of. They weren't chastised. They weren't under surveillance by government because of what they believed. It was a totally different time and a totally totally different world years ago when I was growing up. People in ministry, whether they were a Catholic priest, a Protestant minister, a Baptist pastor, even even a Jewish rabbi, they were held in respect. We had we had values in this nation. We we understood right from wrong. It was instinctive. We had filters on our mouths in most places. Oh, I'm sure that on a construction site or in some, some kind of a steel mill, language may have been a little bit more colorful. But if you were sitting at a restaurant, 
if you were in some public place, you didn't use foul and coarse and angry yelling language. He just didn't do it. Today, people have no filter. They'll drop any kind of foul word in front of little children and care less. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. There was a time that presidents invoked the name of God. There were times that presidents have actually prayed publicly and unashamedly. You can't do that anymore today. The left will go ballistic. They'll file lawsuit after lawsuit to shut you down. They don't want God in the marketplace at all because that means if God is real, then what they want to do is sinful and they have to answer for it. They don't want to be held accountable. And that's one of the the great tools of the extreme left. Make your life unaccountable. Live for yourself and we'll help you get there until it totally enslaves you. We've, we've mentioned it on this radio program dozens of times. The World Economic Forum that is pushing for the great reset of everything economic and otherwise and social in the world. They want you to own nothing. No property. No possessions. You don't own your clothes. You don't own your place where you live. You don't own your vehicle. You don't own your phone. You own nothing. And as long as you're obedient, they'll give you all the pleasures you want, but you're still their slave. This is where America is heading. One of the things that really has disturbed me, and and this environmentalism, it's a religion unto itself, and it's a phony religion. All of its prophets of doom. In my entire lifetime, I'm going to go back 50 years ago, high school, 52 years ago, the first Earth Day in April, I think, of, of what, 1970. All these predictions by all the scientists and climatologists and experts on everything, telling us what to expect. If we don't do something today, we have 10 years left to save the planet. How many times have you heard that we have less than 10 years left to save the planet? Predictions made in the 1980s and 1990s about how much the seas were going to rise and how the west side of Manhattan would be underwater by now. It it, it never happened. And why do these same people that push this silly nonsense about climate change and sea rise, they they buy oceanfront homes? I guess they think we're stupid enough not to figure it out. Every dire prediction ever made by these individuals that want to put us into fear and subjugation that we're killing the planet. Every one, there's one thing you need to know. Every dire prediction ever made of this earth being in a lurch have never come true. The day of the prediction has come and long gone. Yet they keep making predictions. And now, now they're getting smart. Now, instead of saying something happening in the next five or 10 years, they talk about something happening, oh, I don't know, in the year 2050 or the year 2100. Why do they do that? Because all of us will be dead and gone by the time those predictions also never come true if the Lord should tarry that long on this planet and let us stay here. 
without calling in his judgment. America is at a crossroad that I, I can't believe. We have, I, I've, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to find the right words so I don't get this wrong. America currently has the government she deserves. Let me say that again. The United States of America has the government it deserves in a reprobate and a liar and a crooked man like Joe Biden. We've got what we deserve. Canada, you've got what you've deserved from abandoning the faith. You've got Justin Trudeau. And he has proven himself to be a dictator at heart. And he doesn't think twice about suppressing your freedom in the name of a silly virus. He's used that. He's used that as a sledgehammer over your heads. The same in England. You've abandoned God and God's abandoned you and your country's going down the tubes. Australia, Australia, you're living with deception. You can't even see anymore. Most of your people are blinded to truth. They can't even see it. You've cursed God and you've earned his curse upon your nation. Blessed is the nation whose God is is the Lord. The people he chose for his inheritance. Well, you've been disinherited, Europe. Dr. William Wong was on my program last week, and he said it so well. You would think after World War II, with what Europe went through, the Nazis defeated, you would think in, in the western part of Europe, there'd be, you'd be giving thanks eternally to Almighty God for getting you through this. And for the Germans to be defeated the Nazis to be defeated. But instead of praising God, you walked away and cursed him and, and you left him in droves. You threw, it, you threw it all away. You took God's hand of blessing and you tossed it. It was like, thanks for helping us, but we don't care about you anymore. You're not important to us. If anything, we want you disposed of. In England... As the years went by, church after church that had been full of people began to age out, and many of those churches closed. Not a week goes by, not a week goes by in England now, just so you know. You'll find a Methodist church or an Anglican church, sometimes even a Lutheran church. They will close because nobody goes. And who buys them? They become a mosque for Islam or a museum or somebody's house. Churches are closing in the United States every week, never to reopen again. The pandemic did a lot of, you know, iffy churches. They did them in. Part of what I'll be talking about on tomorrow's program will have to do with that part of the calling of my life. We are in a precarious time. And I'm beginning to conclude, barring a miracle, a massive, unexpected miracle, the path for the United States is now set. The path for Canada has been set. The path for England and Europe, Ireland, Scotland, New Zealand, Australia, your pathway is set. 
and it leads to hell. It leads to judgment. It leads to destruction. There'll be a remnant church. It'll still be there, but it'll be persecuted. It won't have the respect we had 50 or 60 or 80 or 90 or 100 years ago. That'll be long gone. You'll be considered a lunatic fringe if you're a believer. You'll be believing, you know, what they call debunked. Oh, what's the term I'm looking for? You know, debunked fairy tales. The world is coming. It's coming to a head and it's coming quickly. And so many people just can't see it. They don't want to see it. Here in the United States, this country has been good to me. It really has. As I mentioned before, 50 years ago, I started my my life's work and education after high school. And, and I was never wealthy in the work that I did, especially in my younger years. I was a radio announcer. I worked in smaller market radio stations. I was not a superstar. I didn't have a big income, but I had enough. And somehow, my wife and I were able to make it through and own nice homes and decent cars. And there was always food on the table we never did without. Oh, I knew a lot of people that made more than I did that had bigger homes than I did. But I wonder how many were as happy as I was for so many of my years. Then I remember that time, many, many years ago, in the 1990s, when God stirred my heart, and he called me to do his work. And it seemed like an impossible task. I'll never get through all this, and I'll be talking about this tomorrow. How do you get through all this? And God gave me the strength to to go through the study and the work, to be proven and examined before a chaplain's board, to be certified for ordination. And I remember that day so well. Today I can look at story after story about how, let's just look at the January 6th committee in D.C., I wasn't going to talk much about it. I'll save that for maybe later this week. It's been one, you know, it's been one orchestrated lie in an effort to to really make this a one-party system. Open borders to ensure that they have a one-party system, that they can usher in this new world order that they, they so much desire. And it's the Adam Schiff's and it's, uh, it's all of them the Nancy Pelosi's of this world. They want to be the elite of this world. Even Nancy Pelosi and what's going on, and I'll save this for a little later this week too. She's forbidden communion in her home diocese, but she somehow can get the Pope to give her communion in Rome. It shows the bankruptcy in the Roman church, in my opinion, if this is allowed to stand. Our world is hitting a crossroad. And the last shining beacon of freedom, the United States, it's beginning to crumble from within. I see cracks in the foundation. I see the lunatic fringe doing everything it can to tear it down, to destroy it. There was a time that 
that I really believed in this nation. I believed in its institutions. I believed it was the best country on the face of the earth, and it probably still is, which is not saying much about this earth. This earth has, as that Marine said just a few minutes ago on the in the first half of the program, a hundred years of age, and he, he, he sees it. This is not what we died for. This is not what we fought for. And he was very explicit. This world is going to hell in a handbasket, and he's 100% right. It's going to take revival, but something tells me it's not going to fully turn around. I think we're, we're running out of time. The church, if it's going to survive, is going to have to take on a, a new way of doing business. I'm saving that for tomorrow's program. But today, let's pray for our nation. Let's pray for our leadership. We're told to do that in the scripture, no matter how reprobate they are. We're still to pray for our nation. And maybe once again, God can bless and heal our land. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so bright? Broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's red glare The bombs bursting Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman.
sure many of you have heard this particular verse from scripture found in second chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14 it goes like this if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven and i will forgive their sin and will heal their land There are times that I firmly believe that the United States may have gone too far where the people are not going to humble themselves. They're not going to pray. They're not going to seek God's face. They're not going to turn from their wicked ways. They're not going to be asking any longer for forgiveness because they don't believe they need to be forgiven. They believe they are gods unto themselves. They're no longer God's people. Even in many churches today, even in many churches today, they're no longer believers. They believe in a social gospel, a social justice. They celebrate sexual immorality. They're more concerned about choosing pronouns than humbling themselves before God. If my people who are called by my name, 
will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. But I'm afraid in most of Europe, Australia. I'm afraid in England, the entire United Kingdom, Ireland, Scotland, all of it, New Zealand, Canada, and increasingly the United States. I think we have gone too far. I I think we have set ourselves up for the final judgment. And I firmly believe with every ounce of my being, with every ounce of my being, that it's increasingly becoming too late. There is no turning back now. That's how it feels. I'm reminded of what Jesus said in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 13. And he's telling this parable. And I want to share this with you. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went to the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. Now listen carefully. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them, in other words, those people, those individuals which do iniquity, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who have ears to hear, let him hear. So many people think we're going to be escaping all this tribulation. I remind you, don't count on it. We're coming to a very evil and wicked time. Only made short by God sending out his angels into this world. Listen, we're out of time for today. If you believe in our work, visit our website. You can support us from there. If you can, mail a check made payable to Ancient Word Radio. Send it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248. The city is Crestview, Crestview, Florida, and the zip code 32536. That's 32536. Now, tomorrow, as I said, tomorrow's another very special and very personal edition of Truth to Ponder. And I hope you'll be back with us again for that program. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.